Welcome to episode 140 of the Play on Nerds flagship podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jarman. And I'm the other guy, Steve, and we're here to co-host the hell out of this. That's right. And if you're a regular listener of our podcast, you'll know by now that we have finished our run of the Sappy Crap podcast. And now we will start putting out the regular Play on Nerds podcast into rotation with our other show, Muppet Trek, which I hope you're also listening to. And Steve, what are we talking about today on the episode? Well, we thought we'd get back to our roots, the Mm -hmm. very basis of a play on nerds. And that is the old classic copycat cinema. That's right. And we're starting out with a whammy with this is the end and the world's end. And I kept saying them wrong the entire time. I kept being like at world's end, which is apparently like a that's what I said at world's end. Pirates of the Caribbean movie, apparently. (laughs) Yes, apparently. (laughs) Unfortunately. But the copycat cinema, if you don't know, folks, is basically when a movie came out the same year and was a very similar premise. And these two definitely fit that bill as like in this case, even a similar title. Yeah, it's a little too similar. (laughs) Exactly. So as we start out every episode of a play on nerds, if you're not familiar, we just do a little quick check in with each host to see what we've been up to for the past week. But now we can do whatever we want. Uh, So, Steve, what have you been up to? I've been working like crazy. Oh, baby. Just some busy deliverables at work, but it's finally calming down a little bit. It's been a little nuts. That's good. And then uh, last weekend, we went up to Nana Paula's, Anna's mom's, and we dropped the kids off, and we were, Anna and I got to go to Hot Pot for the first time in two and a half years. I've never done Hot Pot. How was Hot it? Hot Pot is great. In my opinion, it is the best of like the communal eatings. Hmm. Like It's better than fondue. It's better than like the Korean grill thing where you grill your own meat. In the times Hot of Pot COVID, uh, communal great. eating sounds terrifying. <laughs> It's not too bad because the broth is like constantly boiling. So you're never really worried about germ transmission in that regard. Right. Because even that you just dip your chopsticks in the boiling hot broth for a moment. You're like, all right, they're sanitized. Right. Uh, But yeah, lots of uh, thinly sliced meat and carrots and corn and tofu. And then you get noodles at the end and you make your own soup. It's such a great experience. I recommend hot pot for everybody. Sounds delightful. Uh, and then my parents are coming to visit in uh, nine days or something like that. And I did the math and it's terrifying, <laughs> uh, but we need to clean, clean, clean and get this place in good order because when they come, we are going out to the mountains. Nice. We rented a, a nice place in a very small town. Last time there was census data, the, the town population was like 960. That is tiny. <laughs> that's right. So that's where we're going. Very nice. What have you been up to? Well, in the recent history of Jarman, I went to Animal Kingdom here in Orlando, Florida for the first time, even though. I've, How did you dodge that bullet for so long? I don't know. I just have never gone there because like growing up in Orlando with friends who always had tickets, I've been to Magic Kingdom, MGM, which is now uh, 
what Hollywood Studios, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been to all Universal Parks, uh, Isles of Adventure, all that stuff. But I just had never been to Animal Kingdom because when it opened up, everyone was like, oh, it's just a zoo. And so the commercials. It didn't came, have anything when it opened up. Yeah, the commercials, they, they came out with like, it's not a zoo. That's what they would say is the commercials. But it kind of felt like one. But it's now, a zoo. But now it has lots of rides. It's got the Avatar stuff there, which is interesting. So I went there for the first time and I went on one of the Avatar rides. It was fun. And uh, I uh, got to see the animals in Safari and it was it was a good time. Uh, yeah. And I'm currently directing a, a short play for a collection of short plays performance starting in March. It was been it was delayed because of Omicron for a whole month. Uh, so I'm hopefully getting that up and running on in March. And uh, I've been doing a lot of I do my voice actor for those new listeners out there. I'm a voice actor. So I've been narrating a lot of videos for both the slash film and grunge YouTube channels slash Facebook uh, watch channels. Um, I've been doing that a lot recently and uh, editing and narrating a lot of romance novels. That's what I do for a living. So I've been pounding those out like crazy, trying to make the good money and have fun doing it. And I've been reading way too many. I don't get time to read any uh, actual books these days besides uh, supernatural romance novels. So that's what I've been doing with my time. He's <laughs> very well versed <laughs> in in werewolf porn. I am very well versed in werewolf porn. Uh, but yeah. And I think that takes us to a little bit of nerdy news. It's time for nerdy news. All right. This week on nerdy news, a university in Japan has uh, figured out that just three seconds of maximum effort weightlifting a day can increase your muscle strength. Three seconds. In 39 students, uh, and then another like 15 students did nothing as the control. 39 <laughs> students did one three-second maximum effort muscle contraction daily for five days a week for four days with two recovery days. And at the end of it, they found that each participant showed as much as a 10% strength increase that's in a, that muscle contraction, despite the fact only giving three seconds of maximum effort. That's a lot. And so I've decided that's how I'm going to work out from now on. <laughs> the thing I got from the story, the best part of it that you just said was that there are 15 students who got to make some money off the study who did nothing. <laughs> did nothing. If anything, they were probably told, like, you can't do more than three seconds of muscle contraction for maximum effort daily. Like, you really just have to lay low. And we will pay you for that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So even three seconds makes the difference, folks. That's impressive. I like it. <laughs> well, that's some great nerdy news there, Steve. And I think that takes us to our main segment where we're going to do a copycat cinema. Copycat cinema. Of This is the End and The World's End. I got it right. <laughs> Just barely. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start by summarizing, doing a quick summary of This is the End. Then we'll summarize your movie. We'll compare. We'll contrast and then rip them apart. Sounds good. So this is the end. Seth Rogen playing Seth Rogen reunites with his real life buddy, Jay Baruchel, also playing himself for a fun weekend of partying in L.A. Seth drags Jay to a celebrity filled party with a bunch of other real life celebrities playing themselves. And suddenly out of nowhere, the rapture occurs. People go up into the sky and light a hellhole opens up in L.A. And all these funny per- comedic personalities are stuck in the rapture. <laughs> Uh, They ration food and water. They have a close encounter with Emma Watson and an axe. Craig Robinson eventually goes out to find supplies, but then it runs into a demon 
They tunnel through the floor to get to the water below, only to have Danny McBride have to be kicked out of the house <laughs> for for overdoing it on the water. Uh, Jonah Hill says sweet, sweet prayers and then is sexually assaulted by a demon. Uh, they, they're isolated. They're rationing. Uh, multiple people begin to drink their own urine. <laughs> Jay and Craig draw the short straws and have to go out for supplies. They run into a demon. Meanwhile, Jonah it gets possessed by the demon that, that sexually assaulted him. The house catches on fire. They have nowhere to go. They hop into James Franco's Prius, <laughs> but, but there's a demon in the way. Craig Robinson gives himself up to save the group and gets z- zapped up to heaven. What a guy. As he's finally redeemed himself. That's when they realize they too can be redeemed. They run, but they get run off the road by cannibals who are being run by Danny McBride, who is now a cannibalistic warlord and has Channing Tatum as a sex slave. Uh, James Franco tries to sacrifice himself, almost gets zapped up, but gives everyone the finger and God says, nah, (laughs) he gets eaten. (laughs) Jay and uh, Seth make a run for it. They're about to get attacked literally by Satan, I think. When the Jay gets zapped up to heaven after they forgive each other, tries to take Seth with him, but can't. Seth lets himself go, which redeems Seth. So they both get to go to heaven and they cut off the devil's penis. <laughs> they get to heaven where there's weed everywhere and it's a giant party. And suddenly the Backstreet Boys are there and it ends on a musical number. And that is this is the end. Can I just say that was such a wonderful, fast summary and i tried to summarize fa- as fast as that but you did a great job <laughs> you just for me I, I just have to decide what i don't care about right <laughs> more than anything well now we have the world's end which will be the third movie in the so-called coronetto trilogy starting with Shaun of the dead then hot fuzz and then here the world's end so we have Gary King, played by Simon Pegg, is an immature and alcoholic 40-year-old who can't get past the glory days of his teenage years with his pals Oliver, Stephen, Peter, and Andrew. And they have all moved on to have good jobs and some families, but he's on a mission to round them all up and finish what they didn't quite complete as teenagers, the Golden Mile, a pub crawl of 12 pubs in their hometown of Newton Haven, the last pub being the world's end. So he finally manages to convince them all to attend with some lies involved, including saying that his mother just died to gain sympathy from them. And once they're in New Haven, uh, Newton Haven, they start the pub crawl and Gary shows just how little he's changed. Uh, He has the same car. He remembers every detail from their collective childhoods. And they're like, why does he remember all this stuff? So the first couple of pubs go off without a hitch, really, except for the bartenders not recognizing him and a little tiffs and annoyances with his friends. Um, and they also run into Oliver's sister, Sam, who both Gary himself and Steven have a, used to have a crush on. And by the fourth pub, Gary goes to the bathroom only to get into a fight with a teenager that he accidentally kills. But it turns out to be an android with blue blood. So the other guys go in to find him after he hasn't been back for a while. And they yell at him because they found out that his mother isn't really dead. He lied about that. But they end up having to fight a whole group of teenager androids. So once they win their battle with the androids, they decide they should probably continue with their pub crawl to not arouse suspicion from the townspeople who might also be androids. So at the fifth pub, they run into their old friend who used to be their drug dealer hookup in high school. And he is apparently still a human. And he tells them that the androids are here to make things better for everyone. But he strangely gets called off in an ominous fashion. 
So the sixth pub, they run into Sam again, the the sister that he had, they have a crush on, and she's unknowingly with two twin androids who they defeat in a battle, and they head to the next pub with all of them together, which she uh, which has since been turned to a dance club. And Stephen learns from the old town kook that the androids are trying to make some conglomerate network here on Earth, and all humans that resist them are then turned into androids and replaced. So at the next bar, they uh. The androids and Pierce Brosnan as an android try to convince them to fall in line and they find out that Oliver has already been replaced by an android and they fight them all off in an epic battle sequence. Gary sends Sam off in her car so she can get away safely. Peter gets captured after killing uh, the android of his old bully from high school and then Stephen and Andrew uh, want to take Gary's car to get out of town but Gary insists on continuing the bar crawl. Gary runs the second to last bar with Andrew chasing him. Andrew finds out that Gary has recently tried to kill himself, and that's why he's recreating these happy memories, and that's why it's so important to him. Androids start attacking the bar, but Steven crashes through the wall to save them in Gary's car. Steven is overwhelmed by androids, so Gary and Andrew run to the final bar, the world's end. Once there, as Gary pulls the lever to pour his last beer, it activates an elevator, which takes him down to where all the androids are gathered. They speak to Gary in a collective voice, uh, played by Bill Nye, uh, trying one last time to convince him to join them, uh, even using an android version of himself as a younger teenage form to persuade him. But Gary rips the android's head off, and he and Andrew drunkenly convince the androids that Earth will never be conquered. At that moment, Stephen falls in from above, who's still alive, and they all escape together as the aliens abandon Earth completely. But this causes a giant pulse explosion... Uh, but luckily, Sam got lost trying to leave town, so she comes back to save them. They drive off, but the explosion causes all technology to stop working on Earth, sending it into the Dark Ages again. And eventually, the android copies do wake up again, and they try to live the lives they used to have when they were human, including Oliver and Peter. Uh, Sam and Steven end up together in a remote cabin. Andrew seems to be living in a peaceful human settlement somewhere. And Gary seems to be the gang leader of a group of mindless androids. So that is... The world's end. <laughs> I think that was pretty succinct, too. All right, cool. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> so before we talk about why mine's clearly better, uh, <laughs> let's talk about similarities between these two films. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Well, they're both about uh, post-apocalyptic events, or apocalyptic events, rather. That is a very true, like, the biggest one that made these things uh, copycat cinema, of course. Um, they both feature characters you think are just dead and gone, but come back in some fashion on a couple I, of occasions. Yeah, yeah. okay. I like that. Danny McBride. And then uh, what's his face? I can't remember the character's name. Gary. Uh, Gary, the, maybe. Oliver is one of the androids. Oliver. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, both are about getting the gang back together. Very true. It's about getting all Jay, these friends together. Seth getting back together like old times. And, uh, you know, everybody's his face. Reliving Express. His yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. The uh, both feature characters that are seeking the way things used to be like Gary King in the world's end and Jay Baruchel with his relationship with Seth Rogen. And this is the end kind of like yours getting the van back together. But yeah, just like getting back to the way the world used to be, you know, uh, and these both feature kind of like the one left behind motifs in that Simon Pegg's character, like never grew up and kind of got locked in time. Yeah. And then the whole thing with is Jay Baruchel's character, not wanting to adjust and go down and live the LA lifestyle. That's true. Getting kind of left behind. And left behind also being funny because that's the people who are left behind after the rapture. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, both feature a bunch of out of shape actors that have no business surviving the things the way they did. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Agreed. <laughs> but they all do. So, why do you think your movie's the best? And I'll tell you why mine's the best. I don't think. I know my movie's the best. Mm-hmm. So, while both had ensemble casts, I thought mine was better. There was something very nice and genuine about actors playing themselves and getting to interact in in ways with each other that made the suspension of disbelief of this crazy scenario even more. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that's uh it was cool that they did that and they did it very well uh, playing against type, especially Michael Sarah, who was able to play a that jerk. So good. He's playing instead of the usual, like awkward nerdy guy. He was played a total over the top jackass. It was just pretty Coked fun. out screaming at people and slapping Rihanna in the ass and then getting the <laughs> crap kicked out of him. But at the same time, I'm just countering. This is not my point, but countering yours, just saying that, you know, there were so many fantastic, solid, like dramatic actors in this comedic movie that made it so fantastic. So I don't know about that. I don't know about that point. Um, But my second my first point will be that uh, mine had incredible writing and dialogue that calls back to itself. It it has like premonitions of what will happen future in the movie. Um, it's like great foreshadowing, it just a uh, great dialogue. It just, it runs circles around the lower quality and lower brow writing of this is the end. So I think that is a, a, a wonderful point for that movie. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, I think that mine had a more tangible redemption story in that we literally get to watch people redeem themselves and then go to heaven. <laughs> Literal redemption story. get to watch that on the screen. <laughs> I think uh, Gary King gets redeemed quite well. Thank you very much. Towards the end of the movie, he no longer drinks. He just drinks water. Um, does he get sucked up into a beam of light to heaven? He does not. That is true. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, my point was that the the plot in at uh, the world's end uh, moves along with purpose and is engaging the whole way through. Uh, whereas in this, in the, this is the end. It just seems to meander and follow along with whatever penis joke they happen to stumble upon with their improvisation. Like it just kind of just stumbles along as they go. Whereas there's like a definite pace to this movie that grows and grows and grows and grows till the end. I could see that. I could see the meandering angle. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think that there was more consistency with the expectations of these characters than in your film. And you kind of touched on this earlier in that, like, they get into that bathroom brawl and all of them are pretty good fighters. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they just are. But with, you know, the guy, the guys in uh, this is the end. Uh, they're, they're all like do nothing celebrities who are basically useless <laughs> and they play that. They are all essentially useless. Yeah, that's true. And so I think once again, the bathroom scene specifically is what really illustrated for me where I was like, why are the, why can they all fight like this? I think that was part of the comedy. Yeah. Like why are these guys like using like kicks and like karate moves and stuff like against these androids was kind of just funny and out of nowhere. Um, But yeah, that makes it's not realistic to the thing I thought I was hoping there's going to be something that explained it. Yeah. Whereas in yours, like they are awful fighters. They are kind of terrible, but they do survive very luckily with their. uh, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Definitely lucky. (laughs) And my third point would be um, this film may be a comedy, but it has fantastic moments of real drama and tragedy that really fleshes out the characters, uh, making them more three-dimensional, whereas this is the end, just had these like 2D representations of celebrities where you don't really care if any of them die because they were all kind of assholes. And the redemption is kind of like, you know, very 
small redemptions that they have. Whereas like you are almost, I, I was almost like, you know, at tears seeing that scene between Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, where he's talking about how he's, he, you saw his slit wrists. Like he was at the end of his rope. Like he just, this is what he needed to live. And I was like, wow, this is a deep moment in this film. This film has levels, you know? Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. So folks, we don't judge this. If you have any suggestions of which one you think is the better movie, who gave the better argument, you should write into uh, results at a playonnerds.com. Results at a playonnerds.com. We'll get it. <laughs> or copycat cinema at a playonnerds.com. Any, any address you want to at a playonnerds.com, we'll get the email. That's right. <laughs> well, good, good return to not only copycat, copycat cinema, but also do a play on nerds main show. Absolutely. And now we have a wonderful bit uh, for Ooh. you guys where I'm going to be playing the game. Name that Android. So we just had a movie that I loved very much. The the world's end, which has a bunch of androids in it. So now I'm going to quiz Steve and I'll play a clip. And he has to tell me for two points each round what the Android's name is uh, and or what TV show or movie it's from. So so just to confirm, Mm -hmm. are these androids and robots and other things or are these like actually strictly Android? I made it strictly androids. I've been highly okay. educated by the rusted robot podcast, the difference between a robot and Android, etc. So these are androids made to look like humans, androids. Okay. You got cool. it? Cool. And so I want to make sure. Right. I totally understand. fair. And for each to clip, you can use a possible robot. two points for each clip. You can get one point for just naming the movie or TV show. You get one point for actually naming the name of the robot or sorry, Android. Um, so are you ready, Steve? Let's do it. All right. Here's number one. Let's get somewhere easy, somewhere hard. Okay. My positronic brain has several layers of shielding to protect me from power surges. It would be possible for you to remove my cranial unit and take it with you. That's data from Star Trek The Next Generation. Perfect. So you got two points. Yes. All right. My data. Um, and you did very well, but make sure you listen, make, listen to the clip all the way through before you answer. Okay. So here's number I two. I did. I didn't no, you, say anything. No, you did. You're perfect. I'm saying make sure you do that. Oh, okay. Rest of well, all right. I did that. <laughs> you did great. So here's number two. <laughs> Humans are odd. They think order and chaos are somehow opposites and try to control what won't be. But there is grace in their failings. I think you missed that. I th- <laughs> man, I think that's Jude Law. I could play it again if you want. Uh, <laughs> yeah, play one more time for it. Play one more time. Right, here we go. The this name is-, is right on the edge. The, the, the actors are on the edge of my brain. And listen to context, too. I know, I know. Humans are odd. They think order and chaos are somehow opposites and try to control what won't be but there is grace in their failings i think you missed that okay i got it now it's paul bettany as jarvis slash vision i guess vision if we're going with android mm-hmm. and age of ultron yes all right Woo-hoo! all right well done uh, all right <laughs> it's number three here we go there's only 10 by the way all right, all right. only 10 was a lot i guess i did too many that's fine here's all right here we go I just love the chapter on pine cones. They're not just for wreaths and centerpieces. You can use pine cones to create a very special Yuletide menorah. Your pine cone snowman could be Jewish. Just add one of those little beanies. 
Okay, so this is a group of androids, not just one. So that's my oh my thing. god. What uh, is this group of androids called? A group of androids. A community. A community of androids, you could say. A community of androids. <laughs> it sounds like animated, maybe eighties cartoon. It's live maybe. action. It's live action. Yep. Live action group of lady robots. And also, what it was a remake shit. of a 1970s film. A 1970s? But the clip I played was not from the 70s film. It's from the remake. I don't know. I'll say Westworld. Oh. I don't know I don't know who in Westworld, but I'll say Westworld. So is Stepford Wives. Ah, it makes perfect sense now. When you said remade of something from the 70s, I immediately thought it was worse. That might have thrown you off a bit. I apologize. All right. No, no, no. That was still a good clue. I didn't think about it. All right. So here we go. Number four. I'll go. I mean, I'm the only one qualified to remote pilot the ship anyway. Believe me, I'd prefer not to. I may be synthetic, but I'm not stupid. It's Bishop from Aliens. Oh, that is correct. All right. Ooh, all right. All right. Here's the next one. Number five. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. Uh, is that Deckard from Blade Runner? Mm, well, the What's second part's name? right. I don't know the character name, so I'm not going to try. That's right. You got one point. It's Roy Batty, who is the, Batty. Vil- the villain from uh, Blade Runner. Correct. I can see him in my head. Yeah, the blonde dude. <laughs> yeah, blonde dude. <laughs> all right. That was good, though. You got one point. That's, all, right, all right. Not bad. Not bad. All right. So here's number six. Yes. I downloaded every known medical textbook into my memory. I studied them. That's how I came up with these drawings. I know they're very primitive and not entirely complete, but that's why I need you to fill in the mechanical gaps, Rupert. Uh, I'm going to say, I don't know what the character's name, Robot from from Bicentennial Man. He actually is named Andrew, which is really uh, hard, but you get one point because he's a Bicentennial yeah, Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was I fantastic. knew it was Rob Williams, so it was either that or Robots. Yeah, that voice is unmistakable, yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's number seven. Here we go. You believe me because deep down you've always known there was something different about me, something that didn't quite add up in the usual way. And you believe me because it flatters your ego to believe that alone among all the billions of people of the 12 colonies, you were chosen for my mission. Is that. Uh, I don't know the number. I know it's Battlestar Galactica. Oh, OK. It's the blonde one. She's talking to Balthazar. Oh, yes. I don't remember her friggin number. Oh. Seven? Close. It eight? No, wrong direction. I just, I just get. No, don't give me the point. You get the one point, but it's six. Ah, damn. <laughs> but yeah, you knew what was what was going on there. That's great. All right, so we got number the twelve two. colonies was the giveaway. Yeah, I, I gave a little help with that one because otherwise, out of context, it might be a little. Uh, that could be anything. Diff- yeah, it could be anything. All right, so here's number eight. All right. By the time you fire, I will have moved Doctor Calvin's head into the path of your bullet. I will escort you both to the sentries outside the building for processing. Uh, the movie's I Robot. Okay. I don't remember the robot's name. 
I didn't either when I looked this up. I did, had not remembered that. But they say his name constantly. I'd even cut it out of that sequence. Cal? No. <laughs> it's actually Sonny. But you still get Sunny. a point. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Sonny of a bitch. All right. All right. I'm doing <laughs> half points on most of these. I feel good about yeah, that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, all right. So here's number nine. Second to last. I think you're afraid of letting go. I think you're afraid of happiness. And this is starting to excite me. <laughs> uh, that one, I think, is Jude Law. And so it'd have to be iRobot. And I don't know the character name. iRobot? Yeah. You just use iRobot. Not iRobot. Ah, damn. Uh, AI. That's why. Haley Joel Osment. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, good job. That's what I had in my head. I can see him. He's a, he's a robot gigolo. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're so close because his name is uh, Gigolo Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking an eighth of a point. Yeah, I'll give me a point five. One point five. Yeah. All right. So here. Gigolo. I mean, they get harder as they go along. So here's Woo! here's number 10. All last, right, all right. last one. Here we go. I'm a friend of Sierra Connor. <laughs> I was told that she's here. Could I see her, please? Where is she? <laughs> All right, so this is the T-800. Yeah. <laughs> and, God, which move? Uh, the Terminators? Do I need the exact movie? No, you're fine. Two points. <laughs> Terminator? It was, the first, it was the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I threw in the last one to basically make a joke that was very easy. But um, <laughs> all right. So let's tally it up. Two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven point five, thirteen point five, thirteen point five out of a possible 20 points. 20. I'll, that's, I'll take it. Anything Absolutely. above half is great. So fantastic job. I don't have the sound effect, Thank but I'm going to clap Thank for you. you. Oh, wait, hold on. I think I do. The children. Uh, here's applause. There you go. Woo! Can we get the children back on the soundboard? <laughs> I will eventually. Yeah, All the right, children good. clapped. I love that. <laughs> All right. So then we, I think we have something else for you guys. Radical you recommends? Yes. I recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. Well, if you are one of many people that is picking up Dungeons and Dragons for the first time with remote play becoming extremely, extremely popular with the advent of things like Critical Role and uh, a lot of online play happening right now because of the pandemic, mm. I'm going to recommend the YouTube channel Pack Tactics, a funny and light semi-animated animated channel about Dungeons and Dragons optimization theory and occasionally a little bit of math. <laughs> for nice. example did you know that web is mathematically one of the most broken and godlike spells in the game oh can you believe that goodberry is mathematically the best healing spell in the entire game oh well the animated host kobold is going to tell you all about it and it's going to give you a little bit of arithmetic to help you make the argument so i once again i recommend pack tactics on youtube hell yeah that's where you get all your inside info from he he he's where I get a lot of the like math to back up theory. Yeah, gotcha. Well, great rag recommends that brings us to trailer reviews. <laughs> so this week uh, I decided to pick out two that seem pretty interesting uh, going around, which is Uncharted and the Atom Project. So 
I think first we'll talk about Uncharted. Um, before we talk about the trailer, I have a history of this game. I played all the Uncharted games of the newest one, the fourth one. I love the death of them. They were just like playing a movie, basically. Um, and there's a lot of fun. Like they did motion capture for all the cutscenes. It's fantastic. And they're finally making a hopefully a successful video game movie. For God's sake, it's about time. Um, with, with Tom Holland playing a younger uh, Nathan Drake. Um, and this is the final trailer before the movie comes out. So, Steve, what do you think of it? Uh, you know, I think it looks kind of like all the best parts of Indiana Jones and Mission Impossible. I could see that. And I, my only fear is that it'll be over the top, but maybe that's supposed to be the way it is. I have never played the games. I've heard a lot of good things about them, both from you and from the community at large. Uh, but this just feels if it just feels kind of big and cr- like Indiana Jones with less credibility. Yeah, I think less gravitas because it hasn't been around as long. But I, I think I like the direction they're taking it because the game itself was snarky and silly at, at times because the character is very snarky. But then now that's a younger, even younger Nathan Drake, the lead character, he, he's even more silly and fun. And that could be a good thing because a lot of the video, video game movies that have failed took themselves way too seriously and they weren't good enough to be that serious. So I like the idea. This one might be a little more goofy with like the whole okay. Mark Wahlberg and and Tom Holland dynamic. Um, I don't know, but I'm, I'm just I'm very hopeful. But the game uh, was full of adventure and good stories and history and puzzles. And it just was it was chock full of good things for movies. So I hope they don't screw it up. That's basically what I'd say, but watch the trailer. It's, it's good. Okay. So I think on a rating scale, I'm going to give this one uh, one Raul Julia <laughs> dressed up as Indiana Jones at the theater opening night and goes, what is this? Not an indie film. <laughs> I will give uh, one Raul Julia with uh, three Gary Busey's in his briefcase saying, this one might be deserving of three Gary Buseys. We'll see. Okay. Okay. But he just keeps them in a brief. Are they, are they like foldable Gary Buseys in this scenario? They're inflatable. Or are they really little? They're inflatable <laughs> <Yeah>. Gary Buseys. <laughs> exactly. You got to blow me up through my penis. I'm not touching you there, Gary. Ah, <laughs> uh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the other movie is one coming out on Netflix, but it has a great trailer from uh, The Adam Project with uh, Ryan Reynolds and a young kid actor. And he looks like he's going to be a time traveler uh, who comes back in time to meet his young self as a, as a boy in 2022, our current year. Um, and hijinks ensue. Um, what did you gain from this trailer? What do you think was going on? I don't know. It. Because there seems to be bigger implications than just Ryan Reynolds time traveled to meet his younger self. There seems to be some sort of enemy force. Maybe it's some sort of time cops. Right. But maybe it's some sort of interceding force that has to stop Ryan Reynolds, younger self from finding his father, who's played by Mark Ruffalo, who's maybe missing in this timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. There's some lightsaber looking thing that I guess looks okay, but really just looks like a lightsaber. <laughs> it's two sided, like you know Darth Maul but style. Sti- no, but at one point he's holholding it. I think just one sided. I think it's just but the, one the, point the cropped holds- image. That's true. The cropped image does it, like, but even in the trailer. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I'm always on for a good sci-fi thing, but Netflix has produced so much stuff that there are a lot of misses. Right, and so it's hard for me to feel assured about this. I at least have some. Uh, a possible hope for this because it was based off of a book that was very popular and so they adapted it to this 
it wasn't just some random thing they developed for Netflix. So that makes me a little hopeful because the book did well. Um, and I, I think it's a unique, cool idea to have it being the kid that he's meeting who's himself. Like, I don't see that a lot. It's going to be it's a, it's a kind of a new idea. Um, he's working with his, his past self in our current time to solve this problem. So it seems interesting. I'm definitely intrigued. And since it's on Netflix, I like the idea that it's free. So well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's kind of nice. But yeah, uh, so I'm going to give this one to Gary Busey's in their bathrobes <laughs> doing a pretend lightsaber duel with two like dowels. And then Raul Julia comes in and goes, come on, kids, we're going to go see an uncharted Indiana. <laughs> yeah, let's go, Dan. And I'll give this to Gary Busey's talking to Raul Julia saying, no, wait, we got to watch this movie first called The Atom Project on Netflix. <laughs> I have to go to the dentist, but that's important. <laughs> Hold on, Raul, dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, I think that brings us to the end of the return episode of the A Play on Nerds show number 140. That's right. Just like we've always promised you over and over again, we will keep on coming back and being your nerdy co-hosts as long as you keep coming back and being our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. <laughs>